Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Hey, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tree of Life. Welcome. I, I want to say welcome on the lowest attended Sunday of the year, and you know why. Right? So first service is a little thin. Maybe some of you not, I won't ask if you're normally a nine o'clock attender to raise your hand. That's okay. We're we're glad that you're here. And we want to give a big shout out to everybody online. It's probably up a little up if you miss any time, just so you know, any time that you have to miss, then you join us online wherever you are and be a part of our online family for the day. So we want to welcome everybody there. Um, we got great things in store for you. God's already been moving and working and through worship and praise and just being here and being loved on by people. But uh, before we get in the word, my wife has some really exciting news. So let's give her a big welcome to the stage and shout out. I don't like getting up here, but I am two weeks in a row because I've got super exciting news. For those of you that were here last week, you know that we had the opportunity to give towards um, Gian on in his heart surgery. Um, Last week, we um, put that need out there and we're super, super, super excited to announce that all of the money for Gian came in for his heart surgery. So we're so very excited. That's so exciting. So whether you gave last week, whether you got a taco, whether you got chicken or beef fajitas or a combo (laughs) plate, you have a part in changing this little boy's life. And so we're super excited to be able to do that. We were hoping that his surgery would be able to happen by the end of the month. However, he has not been feeling good. And so his weight has gone down. So we are going to stand and pray for him. So I would ask all of you this week and in the weeks to come, as you think about him, just pray that he will regain his strength and that his weight will come back up so that he can have that surgery. And then we'll be able to do follow-up, um, show you a picture of follow-up and his follow-up care and everything. Um, But what's so exciting is not only were we able to bless Gian, but we were also, we had enough money come in that we're able to bless another little one, Sakvin. And so we're so excited. That's so fun. It's so wonderful because I keep saying the word so. It's so exciting because you know what? He needs heart surgery too. And his uh, surgery isn't as extensive as Gian's. So we were able to take um, the extra money and put it towards um, his surgery. So we're super excited for the follow-up for that too, to be able to just change the life of these two little ones. And so that's super exciting. But what the most exciting is, we were able to do one more child from Vietnam, Gian. And so we're so exciting, y'all. We're so so incredibly generous. And so it's so fun to be able to change the lives of these three little children in Vietnam. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you gave for all that you ate last week. Um, (laughs) It made a difference, not just in your waistband, but also all the way on the other side of the world. So thank you so much. Also, um, if you're interested after this service in room 202, We have um, a meeting for anybody that's interested in going on our Mexico missions trip this year um, in July. So if that's something that you would like to get information on, we'll be having a meeting after this service again in room 202 right outside the doors in the main lobby. 
Amen. Hey, wait, before she sits down, I don't know if you've noticed, but she has one of our new merchandise shirts. And I want to say it because a couple weeks ago, I talked about uh, encouraging yourself in the Lord. And we got into the scripture in 1 Samuel 38 that says, we're going to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Amen. And so that's what we're believing God for. So we got some shirts for you. Amen. I didn't, I wanted to say that I didn't, I didn't let first service know because every time I tell first service, they buy everything before you guys get here. And so I thought, wow, that's, I mean, I love second service too. So I'm a, I'm a hold off on that one. So, uh, it's just a great, I don't, I don't say motto. It's a great thing to live by. Amen. 2021 pursue, overtake, recover all. So that's out there. So, Hey, thank you so much for your generosity. You guys are always over the top above and below, above and beyond. And we're so blessed and thankful for it. And you know, just God moves and all we're asking you guys just to do what God puts in your heart. And so God wanted us to go above and beyond. And we're so thankful for the partnership with legacy charities, um, and what they're doing now in Vietnam. They had a lot of ministry happening, still some, still some happening there in China, but things have gotten so um, difficult, so close that uh, they were able to expand over into Vietnam. And so Vietnam has a place in my heart. My dad's a Vietnam vet. I know many of you are uh, as well and have family members as well. So it's a great way for us to be able to start expanding ministry into that part of the world. And so we're excited what the future holds, but I just thank you again so much for those three kids. Their lives will be changed forever through your generosity. Um, I want to just make a few announcements. You saw on Tree TV, you can go on the app. You can go online and find things that are happening. But Easter is right around the corner. Can you believe that? It's already almost Easter time. And that is the biggest service of the year for us, for churches all across the, the states and the world. And so we really want to make sure that we're doing our part and planning, preparing, praying, and then making sure we're getting the word out for people to come. And so as you saw already, we are having a Friday night, Good Friday service. We've never had one. It was on my heart to do last year. We weren't able to do because of the dynamic of COVID. But now this year, we're going for it. And so we're going to have a Good Friday service in here, which is really centered around the cross and what Jesus did as a sacrifice and all the things that he endured for you and I. Amen. Which will culminate in communion during that time together. And then on Saturday, you saw the the, uh, special needs Easter celebration for families. And so uh, we've already had 15 families registered, which amounts to 18 kids. And so we got a couple more weeks to go. Uh, Some people have brought us information how they're going to go ahead and and let other people know that they can come and be a part of that, um, participate. But we need you guys to help. So sign up. It is that Saturday is our serve day. We do serve days about every quarter. And so we've designated that as serve day. So we'll have a serve day shirt. We'll have everything that you need to just be a blessing here on campus. There's set up, tear down opportunities. There's food. We want to feed all the families. And there's being a host family. You and your family, you're, you're, you're together. You can all serve together uh, and be a blessing to a, a family that's coming to participate. We can just love on them. And so you can get signed up. There's a table out there. You can do it through the app or online, especially if you're watching us online. And uh, you can do that. Pastor Janae will be out there to answer any questions. And, and then one more thing about that. That really is an area of ministry that's been strong on our heart these last few years. We're just now starting to see it uh, open up and some of the things that we're able to do. And part of it, you enable us to do that, not just through your giving, but your serving. I know probably many of you in here have maybe a heart or a passion to minister to kids or families that find themselves in that situation. And so we want to love on them, encourage them, be a blessing to them. Uh, we want to make sure that they know that they feel um, thought of, that there are of significance and value. And so not just the event on that Saturday before Easter, but a lot of families we believe will come out that have never been a part of Tree of Life. And maybe they're looking for a church that they can get connected with that has the ability and capacity, because not all churches do. They don't have the ability and capacity to minister to their families with that dynamic. And so um, post-Easter on Sundays, I think is going to be real important for us to be ready. 
Because I'd love to see a bunch of families that have yet to find a church that's able to minister to their family dynamic. I'd love to see them come and find a home here um, and for all of us to be able to love on them and minister to them throughout the Sundays to come. So uh, you can get signed up or find out more information as well uh, out there. Pastor Jenny will be out there. Amen. Uh, I want to let you guys know that I am ready for the word. <laughs> Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Sometimes like when I roll into church, I'm like, can I just preach first? And then all the other stuff can happen because I'm like ready and I got to wait and just builds my excitement, however. But uh, we're finishing up a series. I didn't intend for it to be three weeks. It just kind of rolled out that way. Um, every year I try and do a, what I call go messages. And we look at G for generosity. We look at the previous year, 2020. We did that two weeks ago. Uh, what the generosity of, of all of you have enabled us to do for the kingdom of God uh, through a very generous God. Amen. And so uh, not just finances, but your serving, your time, your treasure, your talent, and just being a part of what God's doing here on the earth through Tree of Life. So you can go back and watch that if you didn't have a chance. And then last week we talked about opportunity and, and the importance, first of all, of connecting to a cause greater than ourselves, uh, like a local church. And then you see obstacles as opportunities and how God will use that time in and through you to just make a difference. And today, I, I, I've been saying this for a while. The guys finally put it together for me um, and I guess trying to move me into having a, adding a third piece to the series. And uh, I really felt like generosity plus opportunity equals destiny. That's how we get there, right? Our lives are to be marked by generosity and shaped by opportunities. And so that equals our destiny. We're walking into what God has for us. And so I thought it's funny because when I saw the, the, I thought the graphic is awesome, but it was weird to me just to put up a series called God, right? It was like, wow, what can that be about, right? I mean, that could be the rest of our lives, that series, God. And then I thought, as I was setting for today, this is, this is weird, but anyway, so I thought as I was setting for today, really, I would flip the order and it would be an easier progression for me. But then that would be even more weird to have a series called Dog, right? That was just like, and I thought, that would be rough. Come on. I work so hard for you up here. First service, less people, louder laugh. I'm just telling you. I wish I would have told him about the shirt now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, but you know, God has a divine destiny for you and I. Aren't you glad? He has a purpose. In fact, the scripture says, before you were even formed in the womb, he had a purpose for you. So he sees your life through this amazing masterpiece painting that he is crafting for you. And so he sees a much bigger picture. However, our journey looks a lot different uh, as we're looking at the, the, the things that are happening immediately in our life. Um, we're going to take a look at a story in Exodus that probably a lot of us are familiar with, but there's some really wonderful principles in there that will help us on our path to, de to our destiny. And so um, let's take a look in Exodus, start reading there, um, Exodus 14. I, I know that typically a lot of you will get on live notes, but um, the app itself, not on our end, but on the other end, there's some technical difficulties. So I don't believe we were able to get the live notes up and running for you. So you might just have to get a pen and paper out or you know, use your phone, right? The old fashioned way, you know, take it in your, in your whatever notes app. But here we go. All right. Verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Verse 27. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one survived. And that is a victory story. Amen. We just like, yes, God is so good. But you know what? I just gave you the highlights. <laughs> I gave you the Instagram version, right? It's like we didn't see all the rest. It reminds me of uh, last November. My wife and I went to Mexico 
uh, was uh, Audible Davida's 10th anniversary. So Pastor Jeff had invited us to come be a part of it. And I had the privilege of speaking. And so I don't know if I've ever shared this. I think I have. I think my wife has. I'm a little bit of an anxious, nervous flyer, just a little bit. <laughs> just a real, no, not really. I mean, I'm quite, a, quite the anxious, nervous flyer and working through that. And so I am the guy when they say get here at the airport two hours early. That's minimum for me. I'm shooting for three. And if I can <laughs> convince my wife to get there that early, I just feel more comfortable. I don't know what it is about it. There's so many things that could go wrong. This particular trip was possibly one of my worst experiences. And so I got there early, not a problem. We get on the plane and then there's a problem. And so we're sitting on the plane. Uh, we're, we're starting to experience mechanical difficulties. And I'll be the first one to say, let's fix it before we get in the air, right? I'm okay with that. Let's take our time. But then time kept going on. And then it was 15 minutes and 30 minutes and 45 an hour. And now I'm starting to get a little nervous about my connecting flight in Houston. And I'm the guy that's going to make sure I got plenty of cushion because I don't want to run through the airport. I don't want to be stressed out making the next flight. And so the, the time is being chewed up. And then they come on the, in, on the intercom and they say, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to take a little bit longer. If you have a connecting flight, you might want to start getting on the app or you can come off the plane and talk to the desk agent. And uh, half the plane got up and walked out. They had to take all their bags with them and start working on flights with the desk agent. And I'm, I'm watching the clock tick by. And I'm like, we're never going to make it. We're not. And Jessamy's like, don't say that. Don't say that. Like, we're never going to make it. And so I'm watching it. And all of a sudden they say, ladies and gentlemen, we fixed the problem. Every, now we're waiting for everybody to get back on the plane. I'm like, seriously, they had their chance. Shut the door. Let's go. Right? <laughs> Leave your bag anyways. You got to put it back and find a spot again for it. Come on. That's why I don't care. I don't carry anything on. I just want my backpack. And so I just I hold it like this the whole No, I'm just kidding. So we get on. <laughs> They all get back on the plane, and now I'm just like sweating it, and I'm thinking, we're not even, we're sitting too far back in the plane. We'll never sit this far back. We're going to have to wait to get off. We're going to have to run to the gate. It's not even in the same terminal. And so sure enough, we're waiting. These people are just, it seems like they're lollygagging around, and my wife finally says, gentlemen, can you move? We got to make our connecting flight. You're just kind of strolling, and we got to hurry up. And so, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, Jessamy. I say, thank you, Jesus, but thank you, Jessamy. Thank you, Jessamy. And so we get on the tram, the sky tram, whatever, because we, we have to go to another terminal. And then the tram stops. I've never been on a tram that stopped, and I fly all the time. And on the intercom, it says, we are experiencing delays right now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Time is ticking away, and we are literally running. Well, she's literally running. I'm walking as fast as I can uh, through the airport, and we get to, the, to, to that, uh, that terminal, and, and we get to the place like kind of where the gates are, and it's like you have to go through this one area, and then there's a several more gates to get on your connecting flight to Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. And so my wife is a bit further ahead of me. Like, I'm here. She'd be like at the sound booth, and I can hear her voice as she's getting closer. There's a gentleman dressed in United uniform sitting at the counter, looking at a newspaper. And she's like, sir, is this the way to gate B whatever? And the guy doesn't pay attention to her. Now I heard her way back here. I know he heard her. Sir, is this where I go to get to this gate? And so finally she's like, sir, can you help me? He looks up. He's like, what? And she's like, is this where? Yes, the gate's right through there. And she's like, well, you could be helpful. And he's like, I was helpful. And then she goes, we could be nice. He's like, I was nice. And she just keeps walking on and I'm walking by. No, you weren't. Not at all. You're lucky we're late. Because she would come back here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so we go down the stairs, and it's this long hallway, and we can see the gate there at the end. We can see the door is open, and about halfway there, and my wife's ahead of me, halfway there, there's a, a lady in United uniform walking this way, and she sees my wife running, and she says, are you the Duncans? And she says, yes, we're the Duncans. And so she yells back to the lady that's seated at the counter and said, it's them. It's the Duncans. Here they come. And the lady, no lie, the lady gets up off her seat, goes and shuts the door. 
And now Jessamy's like from here to the front row, like, what are you doing? Why did you, we need to get, open it back up. And lady's like, I can't, it's against the law. I can't open it back up. She's like, why'd you close it? You saw us, we're right here. That lady even told you while you're still seated. And she's like, you'll have to go to guest services and they'll help you. They'll take care of you. And so she keeps going. I'm like, honey, come on. They're not going to open it. Let's just go. Let's just go. And so it was really frustrating. So now obviously we missed our flight. And so we're in the United Help Center and we're at the desk and, and uh, my wife is explaining uh, very intensely to the lady why we missed our flight. And, and, and so all of a sudden there's another family that walks up to the kiosk next to us or to the lady there and she's helping them. And, and so my wife has now uh, directed her attention to what's happening next to her. And they're not being very helpful with this family of five that missed their flight to Lyon as well. The problem was there's not another flight till the next day. And so, it, so my wife then starts saying, they're just like, okay, yeah. And Jessamy's like, well, hold on, hold on. No, wait a minute. You need to take care of this family. It's not their fault they missed the flight. And so by the time Jessamy was done, they had overnight hotel. They had $100 worth of food vouchers and, and taken care of. They, here's the funny part. They were only going to give him $10 each. <laughs> and Jessamy says, oh, no, you're not. You can't buy anything in here for $10 each. So they got $100, and then so as she got our squared away, um, she actually then gave, her, gave them our $40, and I'm like, whoa, what? Seriously? I was going to go to Landry's seafood thing. Now I got to go to Wendy's? <laughs> Couldn't get any more stressful. And so then uh, we actually get on another flight several hours later to Guadalajara, which is about three hours from Leon. And so, and then someone has to come from Leon to get us, and we got to drive three hours, and then we get there to the destination to Leon. And it was just, we had, we had to make it that day because of the schedule, as you can imagine, leading up to the anniversary service. And then Sunday, we had an amazing anniversary. And so we were posting pictures about anniversary, anniversary. But here's the thing. Nobody knew the journey. Nobody knew the journey. See, our life is our destination photos, right? The Instagram stuff. And, and, but that's not real life. And your pathway to your destiny, and God is with you, and, but there's things that you're going to face and experience that part of his plan is, is in there, and you just have to walk it out. And so I want to share with you, because what I just read, read to you is the Instagram story, Moses taking the people out of you know, bondage and coming to the Red Sea. But there's a lot more to that story. I'm going to dig in a little bit and find some things that we can apply to our life on our journey and our pathway to destiny. And I believe that as we look at this, it'll help us and encourage us for where we are, where God wants us to be. Let me tell you, point number one is this, that your position is on purpose. Your position on your journey is on purpose. Now, let me say something because I don't want you to automatically go here because it's where I would go. Your problem is not on purpose. In other words, God did not create your problem, but in the midst of your problems or challenges, he will position you. He will position you. And there's a reason why he has that. The problem for you and I is we mistake our problem and our position. We get them like as this, they're one, and we'll assume that our problem is given by God. And that's not the theology we believe here. God doesn't create that. God doesn't put that. He doesn't need to put anything on you or do anything to you. We live in a broken, fallen world that's doing it all by itself, right? And so, but in the midst of your challenge on your journey, God will position you on purpose. So your position is on purpose. And so he will position you in the middle of it. So let's take a look at Exodus 13, back up a chapter, starting in verse 17. Now listen to this. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt or return to the life that I brought them out of. So God led them in a roundabout way 
a longer way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Can you imagine being Moses in the story? He has no idea what lays ahead. We can look back because we can read it now, but he's living the moment and all of a sudden he's confronted with a decision. He's trying to hear from God on how to lead these people and God gives him direction. So Moses has to tell the people, I know the shortest way to the promised land is to the left, if you will, but that leads to the Philistines and the Philistines hate the Israelites. I know that going to the right is a roundabout longer way through the wilderness, and there's a big red sea in the way. I know that, but I have to follow God. So it says that they lined up and marched out following that. And that's where we struggle the most. It's because we think, why do we think, why wouldn't God lead us the quickest, shortest, easiest way? I mean, he's God. I mean, he loves us, right? I mean, God, you're so good. Thank you for the quickest, shortest, easiest way. But understand again, God sees a much bigger picture than you and I, and there's things he wants to accomplish in us along the way and things that we can never see in the moment. But our minds have to take whatever is happening and make sense of the situation. It doesn't make sense for God not to lead us through the easiest, simplest way without having all the information. And really, we can't even begin to understand why God wouldn't do it for us, do it that way. But so what happens is our mind starts to reason or, or come up with a story why God wouldn't do it that way. And so the obvious story in this might be that we find ourselves going the longest, most difficult way with an obstacle in front of us, as opposed to the easiest, shortest way. It doesn't make sense. Why would God do that? Oh, this must be an attack of the devil. <laughs> our position. No, no, no. What's happening right now? Because there's a shorter, easy, quickest way. What's happening right now? This is an attack of the devil. This isn't God. And I think that's so interesting. And, and understand and hear me. We're not talking about the problem. We're talking about your position. See, what happens in that moment, it messes with our theology. It's like, because I'm positioned by God over here in the midst of perhaps a difficult circumstance, but I assume God would never position me here. So now I think this must be an assignment of the devil. And so what we'll do is we'll start quoting scripture. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And those are powerful scriptures, believe me, in the right context. You can quote and pray those all day long, but if God's positioned you there, he's not going to move you from there. So we have to understand that the view, the context and really understand the scripture was written when God inspired the word of God to the writers. He, it was written with, with, a, with no concept of time, if you will. It was, it was written with the context of eternity. But we live trapped in time. And we live with what's happening right in front of us. And so we can wrongly use the scripture where God never intended it to be used. And it's not going to move, move, move us off of a position because we wrongly think this must be an assignment of the enemy because it's not the easiest, simplest, shortest way. But there's more to it. In fact, what I, what I think that is important for us to understand is God sees your life again from beginning to end with your destiny in mind and what it's going to take to get you there, not just in a traveling or a journey, but a maturing and a developing within you and who you are and who he's meant you to be. See, he's not worried about getting you to the destiny in the now. He's concerned about getting you to the destiny ready. And so we, we don't understand that, I think, sometimes. And so we get confused with all that. And so you need to understand that we are, our position is purpose. So we really can't understand that sometimes because we create this different story within here when God says, this is my position for you. Uh, when it doesn't go the way we think our God should do it, we automatically think it's something other than it is. But what if, 
where we are is not an attack by the enemy, but what if it is a purposed position by God? Now, the enemy wants you to believe that it's an attack from him because he wants you to, uh, he, he wants you to fight to get out of the place that God has put you in. He wants you to pray to get out of the place you're in. He wants you to cry to get out of the place you're in. He wants you to sow seed to get out of the place you're in. He wants you to fast to get out of the place you're in. But what if the place you're in, you were in was not meant to be a place of escape, but a place of assignment? What if we're frustrated and trying to get out of the very position God put us in because there's an assignment in that position we can only, we can accomplish. What if we want to leave our job, but God says you can't leave your job because there's a person in your job that will never meet me until they meet the God that is within you. We need to realize that the position I'm in may not be an attack from the enemy, but a purposed place by God. If we understand that, if we come in with that perspective, that point of view, then I believe then we can walk into our workplace every day confident because my boss may be a jerk, but my boss is an assignment. (laughs) He's going to yell, but I'm going to smile. He's going to make me mad, but I'm going to be filled with joy because my position is on purpose and we have to understand that. If we don't understand that, then that's when we struggle, but we have a purpose position. And and I want to again remind you that, you know, God sees a much bigger picture. And so God wrote the scriptures outside of time from a bigger viewpoint. And we quote the scriptures inside of time from a limited viewpoint. So let's not mistake where we are as the problem. It's the position. And those scriptures are great for protection in your position, but they're not to be used to get out of your position. And so God, again, is, is sees things from beginning to end, and it may not make sense now, but your position is on purpose. And let me say it this way, because your position, let's just look back to 2020, because that's the series really kind of coming off that and looking at 2021. Even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, God did not create a pandemic, but he positioned you in a particular place for an assignment. And your assignment, because of your position, just might be that neighbor who is hopeless, but you're a carrier of hope. It might be that elderly couple that can't get out and get to the, the, the to H-E-B, but you can bring them milk and eggs. It might be as a church that we can be positioned in the middle of a pandemic and be able in eight months in 2020 to distribute over 1.1 million pounds of food. Come on, somebody. You're positioned on purpose. And don't mistake it for the problem. So what's the assignment around you? Is it your neighbor? Is it your coworker? Is it people on the ball team as things are continuing to move forward? What is it that God wants you to do in the midst of this? When God people, God's people got out of Egypt, out of bondage, they had two options. In their limited perspective, they didn't see the big picture. How could they? They saw the immediate options. And if you remember the, the scriptures we already read, they, they could go one way. They could go, let's just say left, and it would take them to the Philistines. And the Philistines hated them. But what the people of God did not know is that at this point in time, Pharaoh said, yeah, go ahead. But he changes his mind. And so what they didn't know is not only would they be facing an army in front of them that hated them, that an army would be coming behind them that hated them as well. And he said that that battle might be too great. They might be tempted to turn around and go back to the old way, go back to their own life, old life. When God just rescued them, when God just delivered his people. 
So God knows the journey. And then he says, Moses says, we could take the right, go to the right, which is the roundabout wilderness way with a big old red sea in front of it. But what he didn't know, what God knew was there's a big sea in front of you, but I'm going to part that sea. I'm going to bring dry land in its place. You're going to walk across it to the other side. The enemies are going to chase you in there and I'm going to close the waters around them and I'm going to destroy the enemy that's been chasing you and harassing you, trying to get you back into bondage, trying to give you give up on your destiny and I'm going to eliminate them so they won't chase you into your future. We don't see that. So he loves us enough to put us in the position that we're in. He loves us enough to put us in the position that we're in. Because he wants us at the end of the day to be able to step back and see that the longest route, the most difficult route, was the only one that would eliminate your past from behind you so it could never chase you into another season of your life. Your position is on purpose. Number two, your position is a part of the process. Your position is a part of the process. Exodus 14, one through four says this. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses, order the Israelites to turn back and camp, camp by Philharoth between Migdal and the sea, camp there along the shore across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have, listen to this, I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Now listen to this last phrase. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. They camped there. Now at this point in time, they didn't necessarily know what the uh, Egyptians were going to do, but God gave very clear instructions. I want you to go to the shore of the Red Sea and set up camp. He's not like, I don't want you just to roll out a sleeping bag. Just leave your stuff tied to the donkey and the camel. You won't be there long. He's like, settle in. I want you to stay here on the shore for a while. What was God saying? We can look back and say, now there's something I want to do in you. There's something I want to work out in you. So God did not immediately part the Red Sea when they rolled up on it. I think that's what we think. We watched the movie, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden Moses gets there and it opens up. Oh no, no. God says camp there for a while. I might be making a boat or something. I don't know if I'm there, but he's working on them, working something out in them. And he says, there's something I want to do in you. Stay a while, settle in, get comfortable. And isn't that what's frustrating? The process. I hate the process. I hate it. I mean, I just, I'm just telling you, I'm the guy that's like, and we like to watch movies at, at the house and I'm, I love, I'll, we buy bulk Microwave popcorn. I just, we don't have to watch a movie. I just like to pop microwave popcorn, right? But I hate waiting a minute and 34 seconds it takes to pop. I pull it out, I'll hit the button, I'll stand there looking through that little window, saying, hurry up, the movie's gonna be over before this gets out of here. I know that sounds funny, but I, I hate the process. I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of when the, the ice storm came and then we're all trying to go, we're all trying to go to Whataburger and Chick fil A at the same time, the whole entire town. It's like, why don't the Christians go to Chick-fil-A? It's a Christian place. The heathens, you can go to Whataburger. Right? I'm sorry. Just, I don't, I'm kidding. I love Whataburger. If you're watching Whataburger. So we're in line, and I would get so impatient. Lines are huge, but I get so impatient. I understand the dynamic. It's like everybody's trying to go here, and I'm like, hurry up. We get to the window, and they're so sweet. My pleasure, and have a blessed day. I would if you'd be a little quicker. You're supposed to be Christians. This takes so long. And I'm really, that, I'm really that guy, and I'm just like, I hate the process, but I, I think most of us probably hate the process, right? It's so hard, but yet it's so necessary. 
In fact, we looked at these scriptures in the last two weeks. Uh, there's one in uh, Genesis that talks about, you know, part of the process. It talks about what happens in sowing and, and reaping. And, and, and the implication is, what it's implying is, you have to plant something, then there's a process of time for something to come up. And all throughout the scripture, you see seed time and harvest. You see planting and harvesting. You see sowing and reaping. And we need to understand that there is a process of time that has to happen. Galatians 6 even talks about don't go weary and well-doing for in due season. We want to skip over the due season part or at the right time, you'll reap. Don't go weary and well-doing because you're going to reap a harvest. Well, don't leave out the in due season or at the right time because there's a process of time that has to happen. And so we don't want to miss the process Because we don't want to miss what God has for us, but we do not like it. Let me give you real quick what the process looks like, because I think this is huge. Understand that there's a process in life, everything. God positioned you somewhere we just saw, and then he wants to work something out in you. And it could be a short process, could be a long process, but that's up to the Lord. And it's never on our time frame. And we're just, he's painting the masterpiece of our life. And we're just sitting there like, can we move on now? Can we go to another pattern? Can we move on now? I'm ready to move forward. And God's just like, no, I'm seeing, I'm seeing this picture that I have of you. And I'm not, I'm not ready to move you on yet. So here's the, the process. A seed is planted. A seed is put in the ground. And it's amazing how many people get upset with God because they haven't received a harvest on a seed they haven't planted. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Get seed in the ground. And we're not just talking about money. We're just talking about all kinds of things. You know, a seed for you could be um, a seed in your family. You can go out, go eat or have a family meal. Here's what a seed could be. Put your phones away. Don't bring your phone. I went to eat breakfast the other day. I left my phone at home. I'm just like, what am I going to do with myself, right? <laughs> this is horrible. But I made it. I lived. I survived. I'm right here. I'm a living testimony. It works. That might be the seed your family needs. You know, I think too, it's like when you have some free time, it's hard to find free time. My wife and I never really have time together. It seems like it's so busy. When you get a free night, don't make it a guy's night out or a girl's night out. Make it a date night. And maybe you have more date nights, you'll have less fight nights. <laughs> right, honey? <laughs> what is that? It's a seed. So it's not just about money. You got to put a seed in the ground. And here's the hardest part. Phase two is roots develop. And what's hard about this part is we can't see underground. This is a part we don't see, but this is the most critical and crucial part. There's things happening. You can't see, you'll never know, but God's working. That's where your faith has to kick in. It's the most important part of the process because understand this, the deeper the roots grow, go, the, the more they spread out, the stronger they are, the greater the harvest. So sometimes we get very impatient because we waited, we've been waiting so long. Maybe we should flip it if we've been waiting so long and say, man, those roots are going deep. They're spreading out wide. This is going to be a great harvest when it comes through. You can't skip it. The next part would be breakthrough. Breakthrough is what we want to celebrate. But understand, just because a plant or, or, or see, a, a tree seed breaks through the ground, it's still got a ways to go. It doesn't come up a full-grown tree. It's, just, it's, just, it's a twig. I don't know what it is. And it's sapling, whatever. It comes up, but we want to celebrate the breakthrough. There it is. No, wait, you're not done in the process yet. Don't quit. Don't get frustrated. So then it becomes an immature plant. 
And so the problem with the immature plant is the next phase is the mature plant. They look very, very similar. The difference is the mature plant is bearing fruit, but the immature plant at that season, because it looks somewhat like the mature plant, we, in our impatience, we want to compare ourselves to someone who's farther along in the process. Why aren't we there? How come I don't have this? How come I'm not there yet? Well, it's because they've been in process longer. And so the danger for you and I is that's where most people quit. And we quit on the doorstep of our destiny because we don't understand the process. So stay in process. And even bearing fruit is not, is not the end of that because then it says, now you got to reproduce yourself. But you need to understand the process. I just explained it real brief, real simply. But you have to understand the process because in your position, there's a process that you need to go through. And understand this, at every point in, in the process I just described, the seed is growing. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I'm not sure where you are positioned. I'm not sure where you are in the process, but here's what I know. The seed is growing. Don't get discouraged. God's doing something. You can't see it, but God's doing something. It's not far along as you want it to be, but God's doing something. I don't know if someone needs to hear this today. God's working. God's moving. Don't get impatient. Don't quit. Don't quit on the doorstep of your destiny. And here's what you need to know. When God seems silent, he's not still. He's at work. He's at work. And so let me give you number three, the final one. Your position is not permanent. Your position is not permanent. And here's what I want to say here, because I think this is one that's so important for us to understand. So here's what, we're, what we hear. The devil is telling us, and the devil will get in this moment, and he'll say, you're never going to move beyond here. You're never going to fulfill your destiny. You're never going to fulfill your purpose. You're not going to go any farther than you are right now. This is the end. And can I tell you, we listen to the devil way too much. How do we know when the devil, when what he's saying is a lie, when he's talking? Because <laughs> John eight forty four says he's the father of lies. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. That's who he is. So everything through him is filtered and comes out a lie, much like, in a sense, the same, the same way it works is God doesn't just love you. God is love. So everything filtered through God that comes from God is love. With the devil, it's a lie. So quit listening to the devil. He's going to tell you, you've been here long enough. He's forgot about you. This is never going to work. You went the wrong way. You're not in the right place. You're not positioned well. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Hey, listen, if it doesn't come from the Holy Spirit or the word of God, say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not listening to you any longer. You need to stop listening to the enemy. Stop listening to the enemy. I, I, I love this in the story here. Exodus 14, 29 through 30, New Living Translation says, but the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, and as the water stood up like a wall on both sides, that is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. See, here's what happened. The Egyptians finally show up. When the Israelites see it, because they're camped out at the Red Sea, it's not like anybody had a contingency plan. They hadn't been making boats or trying to find a way around. All of a sudden, here the Egyptians show up, and they've just been camping. 
And now they're confronted not only with an obstacle immovable seemingly in front of them, an enemy that wants to kill them behind them. But here's what the story, how the story goes. It says all of a sudden it got dark, night came and it got dark and the Lord became their rear guard with a pillar of fire and lit up where the Egyptians, here's the thing, the Egyptians could not see what God was doing because at the same time it got dark, the wind began to blow. I can't imagine being in a position as one of the Israelites on the, on the bank or the shore of the Red Sea, an immovable object and an army behind me wanting to kill me. And all of a sudden in my mind, a storm comes. Are you kidding me? A storm right now of all times. It's gotten dark. I can't even see. I can't see my hand in front of my face. I can't see anything that's happening. And all of a sudden, the wind's blowing. I've never seen the wind blow this hard. I've never felt such a strong east wind. And all the while, God was working in the dark, shielding his people from the enemy, not allowing the enemy to see what he was doing and how he was working in them and through them and protecting them for what was coming and chasing them by. And the wind was blowing. And here's what I feel about the wind. The wind was blowing. We know that the blowing, the force of the wind was such that it parted the waters and it said, it blew all night to dry the land. But just maybe the wind was blowing so loud that they couldn't hear anything but the howling wind, which kept them from hearing the enemy saying, we're going to come kill you. We're bringing you back to bondage. You're not getting away. Quit trying to run and hide. You're going to be a slave your whole life. You're going to have this past. You can't escape it. There's no freedom for me, for you. What do you think you're doing? And then the wind keeps blowing and keeps blowing. And it's like, to me, the wind in the scripture is like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working the whole time and he's drying the ground before him. And so the darkness is there. The enemy can't see God shielding the enemy, shielding his people from the enemy, from the assignment of the enemy. And the wind's blowing and it's drying the ground. And all of a sudden, the people walk through. And they didn't walk through mud, caked ground, trudging and just barely making it through. And you know why I think they walked through? I don't know. It blows my mind because in the, you know the creation story. God created land and then he created water. From the beginning of creation, the Red Sea has always been just a sea. And then in one moment, overnight, God creates a dry path. And that blows my mind right there. But you know why I believe God created a dry path? It wasn't just to get them to the other side, because they could have gone through the mud. They could have gone through the muck and the mire, but so they could go to the other side without dragging or tracking the mud or the filth or the dirt of their past into the future God had for them. They didn't carry. They didn't carry the stain of their past into their new future. They went into their future clean. They went washed clean. They went without tracking the filth of the past of slavery and bondage into the destiny God had for them. And they walked through on dry land because God loved them so much. He didn't want their past to follow them into that place. That's what I think. God is such a good God. And in your darkest hour, when the wind is blowing the most, take heart. You can't see. You can't see, but you got to know God is working and he's making a way where there seems to be no way. And he's trying to get you into your destiny where you to a place where you're not dragging the filth of the past with you. You get a fresh start. All that stuff is left behind. The enemy's voice, the enemy that was trying to drag you back into the old life is gone. And the sin and the stain of the past is gone. And you walk into your destiny and they sat on the bank and they stood on the bank celebrating and jumping and shouting and dancing and writing songs about how good their God is. And that's what God has for you and I. Our journey needs to be marked with generosity. Our life needs to be marked with generosity. It needs to be shaped by the obstacles that become opportunities like the Red Sea. And then we can walk through 
on dry land. In our darkest hour, when we think it just couldn't get, God is there shielding us from the assignment of the enemy, and he's making a path away so we can walk not just into our destiny, but we can walk clean and free and fresh and start anew in the next season. That's our God, and that's what he has for you and I. He's a faithful God, amen? He's a good God, amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God has an amazing destiny and future for all of us, for those that know him and those that do not, but knowing him is the starting point. If you're here today, and it's more than just knowing him, it's having a relationship. It's inviting him in to be the Lord and Savior of your life. It's not being around church or going to church your whole life, around churchy people, or being a good person or a nice person. It's not about that. It is only about inviting Jesus to come in and be the Lord and Savior of your life. That is the only way to walk out what he has for you. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.